Hello, everyone. Hello. Of course, we are here live on top of the list for the top 10 films of 2022. I am your host, Dom, here with my co-host, RB. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? And welcome to... We say it every time. You, you just took my what's up, everybody. Wow. I know. You just say it every time. I, I guess I guess we're uh, we're switching things up here in 2023 <laughs> already. Wow. Off the bat, new year, new us. Absolutely. We might we might switch things up on top of the list, so be prepared. But, of course, if we're just joking. We're not actually live. I mean, I guess we are live, but we're not really live for a studio audience. We're just playing with some stuff. I'm going to have some drum rolls coming up for you very soon as we talk about our number one film the top of the list for each of us in 2022 um but before we do that rb can you please tell the people how great 2022 was for movies this this was a year like no other uh we we discussed it uh with you throughout the year with every great film that came out uh it it was incredible Uh, and i think you know we had discussed it we've done these you know top of the list year-end specials now this is our third year doing it and we talked about it, how we've done top fives each of the last two years. Obviously, coming out of the pandemic, there weren't as many films coming out, more streaming studios putting out what I would say were more B-rate movies. This year, I mean, we struggled. We had to extend our list to top ten, and we still both have at least five honorable mentions on that list as well. I mean, bravo to everyone who threw their hat in the ring. A lot of awesome directorial debuts. A lot of veterans coming back up to the plate, bringing their names back to prominence, saying we've made it through the pandemic and we're here to rock your socks off in theaters. Uh, Yeah, I mean, simply awe-inspiring year of filmmaking. Yeah, I couldn't have put it better myself, RB. This was one of those years where, like you said, I mean, multiple 10 out of 10 films, multiple 9 out of 10 films, multiple 8 out of 10 films, when normally we say we usually reserve those scores for the ones that really blow us away. Um, and we are going to get right into it because I think our fans deserve that. They've been listening all year. So anyone that's been listening, um, let's get right into it. I think I want RB to go first because I think okay. we already know which one is his number one. Let's be honest. But let's let's put a little drum roll just for those who don't. RB, what's the top of the list? Here we go. Drum roll. Top movie from RV of top of the list for 2022, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, this was a movie that I called back in March. I said, I don't think anything's going to top this. Maybe not in 10 years, not one year, 10 years. This movie has my favorite, favorite film of this year. Uh, we talked about it. We reviewed it. I don't think anything can top it. I don't think anything will come close, like I said, in the next decade. Yeah, this one's also on my list, uh, but we'll go into our list later, but this one's also yeah. on my list, top 10 for this year. Wow, what a movie. Um, I enjoyed the Daniels' previous film, their first film, uh, Swiss Army Man, starring Daniel Radcliffe, Paul Dano, um, who are two guys that I think we'll both be discussing later on in this episode. And um, man, their second film was better in every way possible. Um, when I reviewed this, I gave it a nine and a half. With time, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, with time, I mean, it's one of those movies where you can go back and rewatch and learn something new and see something new that you never saw before. And that's really what makes it so special. It's the most special and unique and original film of the year. And RB, this could have been my number one. That's how I feel about 2022. Every one of these movies could have been my number one. Okay. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. It was spectacular to me. It was unlike anything I ever saw. I, I, I've ever seen. And what I what I likened it to, and I want to remind our listeners of that, or those who didn't see our review of that, you know, it made me feel as if I was one of the people who was in the audience the first time they saw Space Odyssey, which is a film that I don't think yeah. either of us really understood when we first saw it. You know, in our in our film classes, it's like. You know, it's cheesy special effects compared to what we see today. It doesn't really have a uniform story. It's not made in the general filmmaking way. And it's long and boring and it just was, you know. But for someone who in, I think Space Odyssey came out in the 1970s, if I'm not mistaken. Kubrick, 71 maybe. Correct. To be in that theater watching that for the first time and just to be awe-inspired by a work of art 
You know, that's what it is, and that's what everything everywhere all at once is. It may not be conventional cinema, but it is a work of art. It is as beautiful and as obscure as a Salvador Dali painting, and that's what amazed me about this film. And uh, again, I didn't get it sitting in a classroom in high school watching Space Odyssey because it wasn't that time. That wasn't the right place to watch it. But this film, watching it in theaters the week it came out and just being completely mind-boggled and awe-inspired, that's that's why this film sits well above any other film to me that came out this year at number one, the top of my list for 2022. Well, absolutely. I, I fully agree. And I think one of the things that is so great about this movie that I think you were touching on here is the message and the mm-hmm. fact that there is not just one but many different messages mm-hmm. you can take from this movie um, depending on which time you're rewatching it. And um, I love that it changes with every time you rewatch, like I mentioned before. But I also love that even just on first watch, on surface level, I love the scent, the big message of the movie, I think, in my opinion, my favorite part, is when her husband – uh, played brilliantly uh, by uh, I keep forgetting his name. I key key. I think Juan. I'm, I'm going to say like short that. round. Sure. Yeah. Short. Yeah. The guy that yeah. played short round. That's perfect. Um, so he was great in this one, and one of his uh, messages that he gives at the end of the movie, which is really about the entire film, is that when it's everything, everywhere, all at once, nothing really matters. Well, when nothing really matters, what matters the most? Well, her husband puts it perfectly. You know, caring about other people. How you treat others is what matters above all. And that's why he put the little googly eyes on everything. And that's why he loved his wife, even though she was kind of mean to him all the time. And I just thought that was like one of the most beautiful messages of the year. Yep. And one of many messages, uh, you know, that you can take away from this film. That, Like you said, it's a heartfelt, beautiful message. And there are so many of those in this film. That's just one of them. And that's what's amazing about it. So we've we've droned on a lot about everything, yes. everywhere, all at once. Since March, <laughs> I've been talking about this film oh, yeah. to anyone who will listen to me about it. Uh, so, But that is the top of my list. I'm excited to hear what yours is, Dom. So I think we should cue the drum roll again. Yeah, absolutely. So for my top of the list, best movie of 2022, the movie I enjoyed most and me- – let me let me just say before I hit the drum roll. Let me just say, RB and I, I. I should have said this before I said yours. We haven't seen every movie that came out in 2022. Yes. yes. Okay. It's it's almost impossible to see every movie that came out in 2022. Of the ones we saw, these are this is our favorite. So, with that said, my movie of 2022 is the Batman. Okay. Okay. I like it. <laughs> is the I like Batman. It. And I, the oh, definitely why, on my list as well. Okay, perfect. Because I was worried for a second that it might not be. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. I feel like we didn't talk about this one enough when we did review it, and I'm glad we get a chance to just kind of review it, re-review it just now because there's a lot of movies that came out this year that all did certain things great. For everything, everywhere, all at once, it was uniqueness. For Top Gun Maverick, it was suspense and action. For you know. Nope. It was, you know, being a big blockbuster set piece. Same thing for Avatar, you know. But what movie did all of it? The Batman. And what movie... And, you know, this is my... I'm a Batman nerd. People know this. But this movie had everything. The best action sequences I've seen. Namely, the best car car chase I've ever seen. I think better than Mission Impossible. The Batman's car chase is incredible when he jumps over flames to get the penguin. I mean, that's amazing. So the action would delivered top notch. Now, uniqueness. We've never seen a Batman film like this before. A full-on gritty detective story with, you know, drug addicts in it and people saying the F word and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. Psychopaths creating a following on social media that was extremely timely. This script was so unique where, you know, there was some other really great unique scripts like Everything Everywhere All at Once. Like um, Glass Onion was a really unique script that came out this year. The Batman is just as unique in my opinion because we've never seen anything like this before on live action and i mean in my coming from me it's hard for me to love a story like this because um number one it's really slow and i've heard a lot of people say that this movie's way too long way too slow i think that's just its advantage they don't make movies like this anymore big 
long mysteries that lead the audience on in different ways. Um, but I'm going on too long. I love this movie. Robert Pattinson's amazing. Paul Dano's amazing. I want to hear what you have to say a little bit on this as well, RB. But yeah, The Batman. Yeah, so so this movie definitely checks in on my list as well. Um, definitely, and I think this will come as a surprise because many of our listeners know I am a huge, huge MCU fan. And I am not that big of a fan of the more recent DC films. And this film, it's not really part of the DC extended universe, but obviously Batman is part not. of part of yeah, yeah, but part of part of DC and DC comics. Right. And I think a lot of the DC characters have been butchered on screen. Uh, we grew up with the DC characters. We talk about it all the time. Batman, the animated series, the Justice League, amongst others, and they've done a very poor job. This film was my favorite super superhero film of the year, much better than anything the MCU put out. Um, I thought it was excellent. Once again, similar to everything, everywhere, all at once. And like you mentioned, Dom, for its originality, was it a superhero film? Yes, but was it so much more than that? Yes, it was like yeah. Batman meets one of our favorite, uh, you know, film noir esque films that we've talked about, L.A. Confidential. Yes. Uh, so I I really enjoyed it. Again, I think Robert Pattinson hit it out of the park. Talked about this in our review of it back in, what was it, February? This was an early film, right? February? Yeah, yeah March. March, okay. We, but we talked about it then. You know, I wish Paul Dano, he was excellent, but I wish he was utilized a little bit more in the role. Uh, so that was my one small nitpick about this film uh, because they had a great villain who I thought was underutilized, which is also my biggest nitpick with Batman Begins um, and the underutilization of the Scarecrow. Uh, again, to me, no superhero film will ever be The Dark Knight. This doesn't surpass The Dark Knight. But this was an excellent, excellent film. A really great debut performance as The Batman by Robert Pattinson. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I got to say something my here, too, RB. Yeah, go ahead. I, I want to know what you think of this because I, I'm very interested. But this mm-hmm. is my take on this. Over the year, I've watched this movie five, six different times, okay? I love okay. this movie. And... Um, after watching it so many different times, I think when I first watched it, I gave it a nine and a half. Now I'd say it's a 10 out of 10 and I'll, I'll give you the reason why this is the same level for me as the dark Knight because the dark Knight is a better blockbuster film. This is the kind of movie you go and see, like, you know, name it Jurassic park jaws. Those are big blockbusters. That's a, that's what the dark Knight is. But the Batman is the best Batman film of all time. Better than anything else because I, I it's mean, purely the best Batman. This yeah. is the most realistic, the best interpretation in every way. This is the best Gotham City. This is the best Batmobile. This is the best Alfred. This is the best – I mean I'm not even joking right now. Over the course of the year, I've rewatched this. Trust me, guys. Okay. Everything in this is the best. Now, we haven't seen the version of the Joker yet in this really. Yes. So yes. I'm holding my reservations for that. But everything else is – Better than The Dark Knight, the Gotham City, the Batmobile, the action, the characters, in my opinion. But The Dark Knight as a movie is a better paced movie. It's a better exciting, you know, it's a blockbuster. It's a more crowd-pleasing yes. film. Okay, yeah, I can I can see what you're saying there, for sure. And, I mean, I can, I can pick and choose from other Batman films I've seen and say, well, you know, I liked this Gotham. That, you know, my, my mind immediately goes when you say best Gotham City. I love how it's depicted in... Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. You know, right, right. I, I can pick and choose and I can see where this film did a great job of building on blocks set by previous depictions of Batman and the Batman story in cinema and obviously in the comics as well. And right. also took, you know, artistic liberties to do its own thing as well. Um, I think just in yeah, the first, you know, again, like, yeah. opening scene, like, you know, I just think the setting in this movie is better than any setting, even better than Pandora, because. I mean, the first few minutes of this movie, you get the narration, October 31st, and he's, like, narrating, and the streets are dripping wet. People are wearing costumes. It's Halloween. Gotham City is a character in this movie, whereas I can't say that in the other movies. That That's fair, and that's why I liked the setting of this film so much because, and you know, we've discussed it off offline. I'm a huge fan of Gotham. The TV show. Right. And this felt in that same light. Gotham ends before Bruce Wayne becomes Batman. This film made me feel like we picked up, and that was our Bruce Wayne, David Mouse, who played, 
you know, young Bruce Wayne, he has now returned to Gotham as the Dark Knight. Um, so that's that's what I, I felt about this film, and that's why I loved this film. But again, to me still, the Dark Knight, as we said, to me the Dark Knight is a perfect piece of cinema. It is the best superhero film ever made. Um, yeah. I would put this one is one of the most original superhero movies I've ever seen. Was it the best? It's up there. It's definitely up there. I don't know if it's the best of all time. It's the one I enjoyed the most this year, so it's definitely right. top of the list for it. me. I love it. And well, now I think, what do we do? I think we go into our number two because we did carefully pick these and yes. order them very carefully. Yes. So what – I know it was – for me, it was hard to choose between like one, two, three, four. So what did you come up with for number two, RB? Yeah, this one I've been saying since I saw it as well uh, because it came out after Everything Everywhere all at once. Uh, that this was going to be my number two. I really love this film. This was probably the most fun I had at the movie theater all year. Uh, it came out in August, Bullet Train. Uh, I absolutely love this film. I actually just rewatched this film because it hit Netflix and I watched it with my dad because he didn't get a chance to see it. And he said the same thing that I, you know I said coming out of the theater when I watched it. The most, the most I've ever felt walking out of a theater saying, wow, that was an excellent Tarantino film without it actually being directed by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, that's yeah, what I loved about I this film. Um, I think every single actor in this amazing ensemble cast was funny, was poignant, you know, down to, you know, the, the cameo appearances. There's a great cameo in this one by uh, Channing Tatum. Uh, everyone was great. Everyone was in there for a purpose. Just like a Tarantino film, all the characters, you know, beautifully intertwined and how the stories all relate and connect. Um, yeah, I, I think this was this was definitely the most fun I had at the movie theater all year. Bullet Train, I think, number two for um, me. I, I have this one at number seven in my okay, list. Okay, yeah. And that speaks volumes for me this year because, I mean, this is like one of my favorite movies ever. And I, I really enjoyed Bullet Train. I, I thought it was incredible. I think we appreciated it in different ways because for you it was the, the script and that really got you the screenplay and the story. For me in this one, it was notably the characters and um, I think the action was some of the best of the year, which is what I had to have it in my top ten because I'm an action addict. I must have the best action movies every year on my eyeballs into my brain so this one pleased me from that standpoint 100 percent. and channing tatum's cameo in it was like the best cameo of the year oh without a doubt without a yeah. doubt <laughs> so i was crying in the theater laughing yes uh yes. so yeah so that was number six. so for my number two yeah let's hear it um <laughs> oh and I, I guess if we're if we're going over numbers that we've already included uh mm -hmm. the batman comes in at number six for me this year got it Got it. Yes. So just jumping okay. back to that, I'll, I'll jump in where your stuff is on my list if it's if it intertwines. Perfect. So I'll, I guess I'll yeah. say numbers two and three then because number yes. three yes, is everything everywhere all at once. Perfect. So okay. Great. That's well deserved you know, spot there. Dom's top three. Had to be I'll top take it three. for my number one. Yeah. Had to be top three, and it's okay. because it's so unique, and that's why it's there. Same yeah. same reason as the Batman. It's unique. It's in my top three. Now, my number two is a film that. I'll never forget going to see in theaters for the rest of my life. And it is because of the real practical stunts on screen that made my heart race like nothing else in a movie theater. And it's Top Gun Maverick. I love okay. this movie. This is not the most unique film of the year. This is not something we've never seen before. From a storytelling perspective, from a character's perspective, from a structure perspective, it's a sequel to Top Gun. But this is the film we needed in 2022 because this is the year that the big blockbuster was a flop. We didn't like a lot of the Marvel movies this year as much as we ever have before. What was going to get us in theaters other than CG, like James Cameron's, which I will talk about in a second. But this is the movie we needed because they put the cameras right in the fucking jets. Let that sink in. Tom Cruise really flew these fucking jets and they put the camera right in there. Shout out Jay Barnett. <laughs> Shout out Jay Barnett. For those of you who do not know, Jay Barnett, my awesome father, 
worked on those cameras. He's been at it for 30 years now, working in the uh, film industry, working on cameras. So one of the few film guys still out there. No more HD cameras. He, anyone who still wants, wants to work at film, he's there. And that, those cameras were film cameras mounted to those jets. He was there watching them mount them. Hell yeah. And yep. I think that for that reason, the commitment to the stars involved, Miles <coughs> Teller, you know, of course I said Tom Cruise, the rest of the cast. I love the characters in this film. The plot for me was perfect. It was just as nostalgic and it wasn't, it took everything right where I needed it to go. This was the movie we needed in 2022 because this was the year the blockbuster started to fail. This was the year that we weren't sure that theater going was going to continue and live on after the pandemic. Well, this movie proved everybody wrong because this is the movie you got to see in theaters, in my opinion, along with another one. Yeah. Well, this, this film um, just missed my list. This film held on to my list until about two weeks ago when one film pushed it down to number 11 for me. Uh, this film would have likely been number two for me if it didn't end the way it did and i talked about this in the review the ending just didn't sit right with me i love you don't sit right with me how did you not like the ending that's the best part it was just it was too easy (laughs) you don't survive a jet crash but he does then they go after him which was dumb then they just walk through an enemy airbase and just happen to find the old plane that he knew how to fly that and it then it utilizes and, and I know it redeemed just, yeah. a character, it redeemed yeah. Hangman, but it used something that I despise in films and in literature that you know we talk about a lot and going back to even high school and middle school, the DSX machina, all hope is lost, and then something just comes and miraculously saves them. I understand it redeems a character in the film, but again, the ending, the I know final twenty yeah. minutes or so of this film really brought it from what could have been to me a 10 out of 10, which is how I feel about the original Top Gun. I love the original Top Gun. And it brought it just a slight tick down to about a 9 out of 10, which kicked it this just This movie was below better in every way, RB. Every way. And I think – okay, let me just put this There's out no there, romance, RB. There's no romance. I, I like – there's not, uh, there not good as romance. good romance, I should there say. There is a good romance in this one. I like not the romance with Jennifer as, Connelly. Okay. Okay. And um, they did, they I, I just to want to say, though, RB, girl. I've yeah. read a lot of online discourse, and I thought you were alone. You're not alone. There is a very outspoken group of people that have said the final, like, 30 minutes of this film did not make it for them. And um, I think that for me, the reason why I love this one is number two so much is, like I said, what it did for the movie industry. But I think that the action and the rest of the film up to that ending – was so incredible that it earned for me that heightened. I wouldn't say it was bombastic or, like you said, deus ex machina kind of felt like out of the blue. For me, I thought it had earned that heightened level of intensity that something incredible could happen at the end. So that's where we differed. Now, now you name the film Maverick, and this is, I I think, probably how a lot of theatergoers expected it to end. I am by no means a, a screenwriter, and this is why... I never would be because this is probably what everyone thinks. This is the right turn when everyone's expecting a right turn. I think Tom Cruise goes back. You know, he sacrifices himself to save Miles Teller. He makes up on he makes good on Goose, who you know died. You know, in in the first movie, and the film ends with Miles Teller. You know, finally forgiving him, and you know, there at the grave, and maybe he's buried next to you know to to Goose, Maverick, and Goose. I think that would have been a more poetic way to end the film and end the Maverick arc. I I, I see what you're saying, RB. I see what you're saying. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just thought okay. that from a theater – It was a I great think, film. It was yeah. – it was the action was incredible. Edge yeah. of your seat, pedal to the metal. But, you know, I'm a huge roller coaster nut, just as good of an adrenaline rush of any right. roller coaster I've ever been on. Sitting and right. watching this film. I am never going to say fault this film for that. Absolutely. And that's why I love it yeah. so much. And and I think this is a great way – final thing to say on this one. A great way to show the different kind of moviegoer you and I are, Arby, a film mm-hmm. lover we are. I value those thrills. If I can feel something inciting, 
that makes me love a movie. But for you, you care about the story and how it makes sense and how that resolves for you more than anything else. Yep. And yep. that tells us who we are. And yep. I'm really curious to see what's your number three, RB? My number three, uh, a film that is totally not like my kind of film. I saw it's, you know, a trailer for it scrolling through on my Instagram. And I was like, I really want to see this. And it happened to be playing one discount movie Tuesday night. And I said, let's, let's go see this. Let's go give this a try. And it blew me away. And that film was The Menu. Uh, I love this one. This Ralph Fiennes film. I'm watching this trailer because I'm like, dude, this, this is such a cool concept. Like, I thought it was just going to be about this fancy restaurant you know, this foodie experience and I'm a huge foodie. So I'm like, this is something I dream about. I'd love to see this movie, you know, sort of see how the other half lives, but the way it took it, the commentary on sort of the upper class, the, and everything they did with this film. I mean, I don't want to spoil it because I know not everyone went out and saw this film. This wasn't a huge blockbuster. It's just hit, uh, HBO max. Uh, and I would recommend it if you haven't seen it yet, because this film, was one of my favorites of the year. Probably my most unexpected film of the year to put this high on this list. I thought that all the performances in this movie were so incredible. It's so it's one of those movies, like you said, RB, it's one of those movies where you really don't want to know anything yeah. going yeah. into the film. And you know, that's why we're being so vague about it. This one was so close to making my top ten. It's really basically on my top ten. It's like number eleven for me. Yeah, okay, this was your Maverick. Yeah, yeah, basically, For, for yes. me, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I, I loved the menu. I love Anya Taylor-Joy. She's one of my favorite actresses. Oh, she is incredible Nicholas Holt in was She's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he blew me when this one. after twist from every character. All the characters were great. Yeah. John uh, Leguizamo. Leguizamo was, was amazing in this. And he never does anything, and he did this one, and I was very impressed with him. Well, he did He did two films back-to-back. I'm going to talk about John Leguizamo a little later tonight as well, so oh, stay tuned. He was in, he was in back-to-back something. films that I saw in this past month, and I was like, oh. what's that guy been doing? Look at him. He can okay. act again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because he yeah. was in Chef, which is one of my favorites, and mm-hmm. I, that's where yeah. I learned yeah, to Yeah, but love that was him. a while ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But okay, so that was your number three. So now let's get to our yep. number four, Zarbi. Four. Yep. You're going to be absolutely appalled. Okay. Because I, I, I'm talking about I, I theater experiences. Yep, I know. I'm exactly talking about theater talk about. experiences, and those are the ones that were memorable. Those are my most enjoyable this year. One of my favorite theater experiences was Nope from Jordan Peele. I loved Nope so much. Another completely unique film than anything someone else is making right now. I love the characters. I love the acting, the suspense. It felt like Jaws at some point to me. I love that. And uh, I just can't say enough about this one. I blabbered so long about it and the review of it. I, you know, all these movies so far have all been 10 out of 10s. This is yet another. And this is one we agreed, disagreed on the most Strongly this year. you disagree, yes. Uh, this, this one, I, you talk about it plenty. I'm not going to talk about it at all. Couldn't come close to my list with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. You were, I you, know I I'm in the minority in this Yes. It is a completely average movie. I felt like I was watching a 50s, you know, Invaders from the Planet, whatever, film, except for it was in full HD and digital and not black and white. I'm sure it was in film, but, you know, it just, it just <laughs> wasn't my cup of tea. I know I'm in the minority in this one. It's just too obscure, too... I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't get there for me like it did for everyone else. So maybe I'm missing something because clearly there's everyone usually loved this film. But yeah, usually happens once a year. RB and I widely disagree on a film. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, this was the one this year. It made it into my top five because it was just so memorable. And I think one of the things that made it so memorable for me was that my dad never goes to see any horror movies. He doesn't watch Jordan Peele films because he's seen the trailers and he knows they're scary. But this one, he said, if it's about UFOs, I will go see it because he likes those kinds of movies. He likes, yeah. you know, The Day After Tomorrow and all that, all those OG ones. He said, okay, I got to see this. And he even walked away from this one saying, 
wow, that kind of blew me away that he actually pulled off a thriller like that. And yeah. that gives it a lot of credit in my book. So that, that's one of the reasons why I loved it so much. Okay, okay. Um, but what's your number four, RB? I'm very curious. Uh, so both of my next films are sort of, to me, uh, a cinephile's delight. I don't know they're the best film for the everyday film goer. Um, but my number four, and this is also a 10 out of 10. So far, I think everything in my top five are 10 out of 10. Uh, the Fablements. I don't know if you got a chance to see this one, Dom. Uh, but this was the sort of semi-biographical story of Steven Spielberg in his youth growing up. Um, this film. This is one I really wanted to see. All the warm and fuzzies. I mean, I have, I have no other – I mean, growing up, you know, watching his backstory, I mean, he grew up. Jewish in an era it wasn't great to be Jewish and you know misunderstood and learning to be a filmmaker and man I love this film I laughed I cried I mean this was just a beautiful piece of cinema a beautiful tribute that Steven Spielberg made to his parents you know sort of explaining his background how he became the filmmaker he is and I, I love this film. I really love this film. I know you haven't seen it yet, Dom. I would strongly suggest. I need to see this. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be on a streaming service soon. Uh, I was, I really, really enjoyed this film, and I'm glad I got a chance to How watch it. How was the theater for this one? I never got to ask you. In in what sense? Like the theater you were at, were people loving it or what? Yeah, I think I think everyone loved it. Um, okay. It was it was very interesting. I was in a theater very clearly with other fellow members of the tribe. So, like, there were scenes where, like, he was singing, like, Jewish camp songs, and then there were people, like, around me, like, singing along with it. Um, oh, that's I, I cool. I loved that, you know. I, I thought it was great. I know my parents well, actually went with a group. Yeah, my parents went with a group from their synagogue to go see it when they saw it, and they absolutely loved it. But again, you know, I don't think I needed that because it resonated with me, you know, maybe – you know that's not something that would resonate with you, but having seeing that culture in the theater with you know with you could help with the environment. But again, mm-hmm. there are a lot of films on my list this year that are in the two and a half to three and a half, <coughs> excuse me, two and a half to three and a half hour range, uh, and I I love that. You know, usually I struggle to sit through movies that length. Every single one of those movies this year, I, it was like I I was glued to my seat and I wanted more, and that this was just another one of those. It went on for a long time and I wanted more. I wanted them this film goes doesn't go up to his filmmaking career. This film just goes to like to the point he's like 18 years old and I wanted more. I wanted them to keep going. I thought it was incredible. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this was the year where we got the return of the longer film, especially some of these more popular films were very long over um clo- approaching 3 hours and over 3 hours like you know Avatar, The Batman, you know Top Gun was pretty long, you know a, a lot of these uh, everything oh, yes. everywhere was oh, long. Yes. So um wow, okay, yeah, I need to check this one out. This one's at the top of my list to see when it gets mm-hmm. on streaming. I would definitely suggest it. Especially for someone like you who who knows Spielberg and his background. Now, rounding out our top five, right? Because did you say your was was Fablemans? Your... Fablemans was four for me. Four, okay. So yeah. rounding our top five, okay. So for me, this was really tough to decide. It's this movie I'm about to talk about. I, I, it's my turn to go, right? Am I yes, walking yeah. on your turn? It's your turn, and okay, it's your it. it's your number five, correct? It's my number five. So number four was nope. Number five. And this was so hard for me to put, dude. I had this at number 10. I had this at number 7, number 6. But it has to be at my top 5 because no other film has accomplished this sentiment for, with me since the original. And that's, of course, Avatar The Way of Water. I was blown away by this movie. I can't say it enough. They do not make this kind of experience. This is a movie in big, bold letters. This is a movie like you would go to see in the 90s, like you would go see Jurassic Park, and people were waiting outside to go see. This is like The Empire Strikes Back. People were waiting in line to see this. This was incredible. The best CG I've ever seen by a wide margin. By a wide margin. And... um. I can't state that enough. I saw it in IMAX 3D, and I will never forget it. 
um, Avatar The Way of Water, while the story wasn't the most revolutionary, while the acting wasn't the best in every scene, from a experience standpoint, I lived on Pandora for three hours, and I would pay an infinite amount of money to do it again. And I can't say that about any other movie. For all of the things you just said, the you know, for you know, not great acting and not great story. For all of those things you just said, it's not on my list. It was an enjoyable movie. They did an excellent job. I think it improved on the original. It was about the same as the original, which I also loved. But it is not in the top ten films of the year for me. But it was a fun ride, without a doubt. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And there were movies that I, and you too, I'm sure, you know, grew up and waited in line to see. I remember waiting in line early on opening day to go see Revenge of the Sith. I remember doing it for, uh, what was, what was, The Force Awakens. I did the same thing. I remember doing it to go see a few of the James Bond films, a few of the, the Daniel Craig James Bond films, you know, going out and waiting out at night and seeing the midnight show. I did it for the new Star Trek, uh, and some of those captured the excitement for me. This one, not not quite as much. But it was a very good film. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my entire time in that theater. It's just not revolutionary or groundbreaking enough for me to put on the, the top top ten this year. And Honorable I think it mention, was so sure. I think it was groundbreaking in so many ways from a visual standpoint that I that's why I have to put it on number five. And I was thinking about just putting it at number ten because the story is as basic and as simple as you can get. It's the villain wants revenge. You know, the family is on the run. There's two brothers and they have opposing, you know, relationships with the father. It's stuff we've seen a million times. But it had to make my top five. And the reason why I bumped it was because I thought about, I looked at all these films. I had 23 different films that I loved this year. And I looked at them and I thought, which ones did the message, the theme, and the meaning ring the truest for me? And this message of protecting the natural world just rang so true to me that I thought I have to, I have to put it in my top five. So that's why I love it so much. Okay. Okay. I understand. Um, I can totally understand. And I, I, again, you know, it wasn't for me necessarily, but it was a, it was a, a great, uh, it, they put it, this, it wasn't groundbreaking to me the way it was to you. It didn't resonate with me that way, right. but I did love this movie. I did enjoy it. Right. And I would definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it yet to go see it and to go see it in IMAX 3D. Please uh, give yeah. us your top – what's your number five, RB? I'm very, very yeah. curious. Uh, again, what like I said, a, a, a cinephile's paradise in these last few weeks okay. of uh, the year. Um, Babylon. I just went and saw this oh. and I absolutely loved it. It blew my mind. It And it came – I didn't even know it was out, dude. Oh, yeah. Babylon hit theaters, I want to say, December 18th. And I went and saw it December 20 – I want to say I saw it the day after Christmas, December 26th. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Every performance, the, the grandiose sets, the depiction of Hollywood, the evolution of Hollywood throughout this film, and the message behind it. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the ending was unlike the ending – of anything I've seen this year, minus everything, everywhere, all at once. But it is an ending, a la that. It was wow. spectacular. Definitely a love letter to Hollywood, and a love letter, as I felt sitting and watching in the theater, a love letter to the audience and to filmgoers throughout the generations. And uh, yeah, wow. I, I really loved this film. Uh, another three plus hour film that I left me wanting even more. And I, this is one of the ones I am, you know, punching myself about because, <laughs> dude, I love Damien Chazelle. I loved La La Land. Yeah. I loved Whiplash. Those are like two of my favorite movies. Uh, First Man was all right, but um, I was been waiting so, so, so long to see what he's doing, and I just haven't gotten around to go to the theater to see this one. So... This is one that I feel like I would be with you at RB. This would probably be in my top five if I had seen it. I, I got to go check this one out. So, yeah, it's it's spectacular. Yeah. So an, another one that I think 
upon watching, you would definitely sneak it into this top ten. Got it. So should I say my number six? Because I don't think that this one is on your top ten. Go ahead. Well, my number six is the Batman. So I've already talked about that. Go ahead okay, with your number perfect. six. Yes. Uh, yeah, so my number six almost made my top five because I think the script is so dang unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Yeah. Uh, RB and I differed on this one. RB just liked yeah. it. I loved it. I thought I gave it a 10. I thought it was a masterpiece. Um, I and, stick and by I will, my – I will say, yeah. you know, based off of your review and, and watching it through the lens – I rewatched it. I watched it with my dad because he hadn't seen it. Uh, oh. Through the lens that you had sit shared, and I see where you're coming from. It, it's not going to change my score, but I definitely right. understand. And I didn't watch it through that lens the first time. You know, I was watching it through the same lens that I tried to watch that I watched Knives Out with. But watching right. it through a different lens, I see where what you were saying with the social commentary that you know sort of just went over my head because I'm just watching it, trying to see, oh, is, is Ryan Johnson going to do it again? Yes, it's a, it's, a yeah, different film. I think it's a different film. We discussed that in our review. So if you guys want to yeah. learn more about that, you can please go listen to that review, and um, you'll get more of our thoughts on that. But yeah, so this one, the script, I loved it so much. The acting, I loved so so much. Um, minus a couple ones that were underused, I thought this was really awesome. So made number six for me. Um, what's your number seven, RB? Yeah, number seven is one that I think may make your list, maybe on honorable mention. I'm oh, going to be okay. surprised if it's not on either. Um, but one we've discussed this year, uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Not on my list. Wow, honorable okay, mention, okay. though, man. Okay, honorable yeah, mention. That, that's fair. I See, I love this film. I love Baz Luhrmann. I love musical biopics. And everything I could have dreamed from the love child of those two things being a movie, we got. Uh, you know... It was the big, grandiose, obscure sequences that you see from Baz Luhrmann films, and who else to embody it than the King of Rock himself, you know, Elvis Presley, because that was his lifestyle. And I think, I think a beautiful, you know, a, a way to introduce a younger generation to Elvis Presley. You know, not yeah. everyone was as lucky as us to have great parents who taught us about Elvis Presley and his music and. His life, but uh, uh, and a great way to tell the story too through something that not everyone knew you know, knew about. I didn't know who the colonel was, you know, Colonel Colonel Tom Packer, right? Parker Packer, Parker, Tom Parker, um, someone I didn't know about, and a, a new lens to tell the story so that people who thought they knew everything about Elvis, you know, a, a new way to show it, and an excellent performance not only by Tom Hanks but also by Austin Butler. While the style of this one didn't always mesh with me, I will okay. say this one did give a run for my money on my top 10 list because just because not only is it one of the best performances of the year, but the greatest, one of the greatest all-time music biopic performances, Austin Butler playing Elvis, yep. of course. Um, yeah, one of the all-time greatest performances ever. So gives major credit and respect for that. Yeah, so, I mean, Elvis is my number seven. Um, best musical biopic of the year by a slim margin, and you'll see why with my next pick. But I want to hear about your number seven, Dom. Yeah, my number seven, you could, I'm very interested in with your lead-in for that. That was a beautiful yeah. segue, but number my number seven was Bullet Train. So, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, well, then, my, my number eight is, is Weird. By a narrow margin, Elvis oh. beats out Weird. And I, I said it in, in my review for Weird. This was because I think Weird needed more music. I think Elvis hit it out of the park with every major song we wanted to hear. Weird could have used a few more songs in it. Uh, but again, this film, you know, bravo. First of all, to Weird Al and his folks for making a parody of a biopic, which I thought was excellent. And to Daniel Radcliffe for doing an awesome job. Um you know, pretty much making a mockery of himself, you know, doing it, I'm sure, exactly as Weird Al wanted it to be done. Uh, and I think, you yeah. know, everyone in this in this cast was awesome. And I think that this one was one of the closest ones to my top ten <laughs> this year. Okay. Because I, I preferred it more than Elvis. And we had – this is – we've 
documented this well and the reasonings why I preferred this over Elvis and the differences and the broader I, I don't know. I just I just enjoyed the positivity that you could feel that was behind this production. But unfortunately it didn't make my top ten. But okay. man, one of the best performances this year from Daniel Radcliffe. Oh yes. He is so much more than Harry Potter. Oh yes, he's a great actor, and this yep. movie proved it. Yeah, so you, I should mean, I go to my number? Swiss Army Man, oh, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. He, yeah, everybody okay, go, so go see ahead. Swiss Army Man. Yes, you're number eight. <laughs> my number eight, another uh, another one where RV and I widely disagreed on major oh differential in our scores. The Northman. Um, <laughs> I loved this movie. Yeah, the Northman's <laughs> in the same place of my list as uh, as Nope. So I'll let you take it away with this yeah. one because I did not love this movie. This is one of the most dude manly movies I've seen this year, and for that reason, I love it. There's always one movie um, for for me, like one of the best movies that just plays on your testosterone is the original Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. This movie got me in the same vibe, seeing Alexander Skarsgård just ripped out of his mind, just wielding this badass blade of the dead and chopping up some Vikings. I loved it. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, I, I, hey, this isn't everybody's movie. The story is weird and it's slow and it's not as appealing to a lot of people. I know a lot of Viking diehards that didn't like this one. Um, but from an entertainment standpoint, I, I just loved it. I thought it was unique. I loved the performances. So, Hey, it it was like Skyrim in live action. Yeah. I, I completely (laughs) forgot this movie was this year. Um, but yeah, just, just not my favorite. Um, reminded me very much of another movie that I know you love that I hated, which was, uh, the green Knight. Right. Uh, just in, in that vein, sort of old, old English, you know, sort of sort of uh medieval but also having that that hint of fantasy you know magic it it just wasn't wasn't for me i can understand why someone would love this film it's just not my cup of tea by any means fair enough hey different tastes and that's why we're here on top of the list if we had the same taste it wouldn't be as interesting well, well, let me tell you, this next film I'm going to talk about, uh, I think I may have been the only person on the planet who had a taste for it, but I loved it, and it okay. got reamed by everyone. And I mean everyone, critics, filmgoers, everyone hated this film. But I saw it, I gave it a chance because it had an interesting concept. Don't worry, okay. darling. I thought this was a really interesting film. I like the idea. I thought it was completely original. There's a lot of twists in it that I'm not going to spoil because I know you haven't seen it. I would say it's worth I avoided this one. It is another long film, about two and a half hours, two hours and 40 minutes in runtime. <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the twist. Reminded me, I know it wasn't an M. Night Shyamalan film, but it reminded me of an M. Night Shyamalan film. And it just, again, the twist was just something I didn't expect. The ending was a little obscure. That's why it's not higher on my list. But it still came in that nine, nine and a half range to rank number nine on my top ten. I really enjoyed this film this year. Another one, seeing the trailer, I was like, ooh, that looks scary. I don't want to see it. But the more I thought about it, I was like, this is interesting. Maybe not in theaters, but if it comes out on streaming, and sure enough, it did on HBO Max, and I'm glad I gave it a watch. Probably the only person on the planet who was, but I liked it. Excellent. I'm very interested to check it out. I was almost hit play on it a couple nights ago, but I found something better to watch. I think I watched Enola Holmes too, which I would give a quick shout out to as well. I like that one. Didn't oh, make my top so ten, but I like Enola Holmes too. <laughs> I like Enola Holmes too. I know we've talked about it. Um. So that was your number nine. My number nine is the Sea Beast. I love okay, the Sea that's Beast. That's gonna be an honorable mention for me. Oh, honorable mention? Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you had me watch that one. Ah, yeah, I know. You you really enjoyed it. And I think the reason why I had to put this in my top ten is because, like I said, the message is what really rang true to me in these films. Same thing with The Northman. I loved the message in that one at the end. Um, I loved the way that 
this film created its world and its characters and made its characters so realistic. And I also liked the fact that we got an animated movie that wasn't from Pixar at, for, or from Disney, for that matter, that was so unique and original and new. And it looked amazing, and the character and voice acting was fantastic. I had to put it on my top ten because it was just awesome for that. Yep, this, this film looked amazing, and the voice acting was excellent. My biggest nitpick, though, was to me it wasn't all that original. This film, to me, was extremely similar to another non-Disney great animated film in the form of How to Train Your Dragon. That was my one nitpick and why it doesn't quite make my list. But it is an honorable and mention. Do you remember, was Definitely this a Definitely my favorite DreamWorks? animated film of the year. I don't remember. Was this a DreamWorks RB? I'm not or was sure this... if this was DreamWorks. I know How to Train Your Dragon. It was a Netflix film. Yeah, this was Netflix original. Okay. Now, How to Train Your Dragon is DreamWorks. Right, okay, okay. So yeah, but I, I did like the Sea Beast, and I thought that the actual character animation was up to par with what we had seen from Pixar this Without year. In like some of was the it best, Turning Red was this year. I think the offering from Pixar didn't make my list. And then Strange World was not Disney Pixar; it was just Disney. Right. So um, now, top yeah, ten. Definitely, are, my, I think I think we agree though that that was the best. Yeah. Both of us, from both of us, the best animated film we've seen this year. Fully, fully yep. agree. Yep. Better than um, – and that's amazing that it wasn't a Disney just like the best superhero film wasn't an MCU. Yeah, we love that. Yeah. We love that. And yep. um, let's talk about uh, let's talk what about snuck what in at number 10 here, RB. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of things in the mix here because like we said, there were a lot of great movies. So I had – I guess I had seven films competing for this last spot um, wow. because my list at the end was, was 16 total. And I think I decided on this last one because it combined two of my favorite things, sports films and Adam Sandler. So for that reason, number 10 for me is going to be Hustle. Um, This film, again, I clicked on it simply because it was a sports film and because it had Adam Sandler in it, my favorite genre, my favorite actor. And it was so much more than that. Um, This film was an awesome story, heartfelt story. Great acting. Juancho Hernan Gomez in it, uh, who's a current NBA player from Spain, playing uh, a kid trying to make it into the NBA from Spain. You know, I think there was a lot of reality in his role, which is what I loved about his performance. Adam Sandler, again, proving he's more than just farts and slapstick. Um, He's more than Hubie Halloween, let's say that. Uh, gives another great serious performance uh, a la the role he the performance he gave in Uncut Gems which I think was like my top film a couple of years ago Um, right yeah I I just really like this this film there was a great emotional depth to all of our characters Um, I know we discussed it earlier this year Uh, another one that caught us by surprise came out on Netflix I, I really enjoyed it I really appreciated this one as well, RB. This is one I wanted to put on my top ten so badly. I'm right there with you. because, But like I'm just talking about my top ten is what I enjoyed the most. Mm-hmm. I personally am not a sports film fan. Right, right. So, but with that said, this was the best one of the year and of the past few years that I've seen. So major okay. credit on that point. Adam Sandler's amazing. Like you said – uh, Hernan Gomez was incredible as an athlete, athlete turned actor. Great, um, a lot of praise for this film. Best sports film of the year by a wide, yep. wide, wide, wide margin. Very much so. I'll agree with you on that. All right, and that let's let's hear your ten, and then I think we'll uh, discuss maybe some of our honorable. So mentions. hard for me to yeah. put ten, dude. So hard for let's me to put ten. It. I want you know I had Barbarian, The Adam Project, Werewolf by Night, Enola Holmes Two, Pinocchio. All, all waiting for the 10 spot. The 10 spot. But, but what am I? What when it comes it? down to it, what is who is Dom? What are my favorite kinds of movies? I love sci-fi. I love action. I love horror. What gave me all of it this year? And what's also one of my favorite horror franchises, of course, Prey, the, the sequel to Predator, just okay. gave me so much to love. The best Predator sequence of the year, ripping up a bunch of colonials. It was incredible. Amber Midthunder in the leading role was phenomenal. Speaking Cherokee in her native tongue, I thought that was incredible. 
man, there's just so much to love in this movie. It was so different than what we had seen before in the Predator franchise. I love it. I just love it, and it made my number 10 spot for that reason. It's just, I enjoyed it. It's me. I love sci-fi. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I watched this film and the original Predator back-to-back. Uh, this was uh, my first time ever watching these films, and I loved the original Predator. Um, and Prey just didn't quite do it the same for me. Um, it felt very much like it uh, – you say it was completely different. To me, it felt very similar, and that was that was my one complaint. Um, I really loved the original Predator, and Amber Mid-Thunder, as amazing as she was, she was not Arnold going crazy in the jungle. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean I, I still I, love the original. It was it was an it was an action film. It was it was an enjoyable action film, but to me that's all it was. And and like I said, you know, Dom's top ten is totally different from RB's top ten because we, yep. we like different films and that's okay. <laughs> you know? A great action film to you can be a ten out of ten. And to me the greatest action film in the world could still only be an eight, because Right. You know, action isn't to me, you don't get necessarily an emotional connection. To me, I want a 10 out of 10 to be a film that I emotionally connect with. Um, and to me, I don't and necessarily I do that. Because I, never, I never could see myself as an action star. Maybe that's why. I just don't relate. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, you, know, you know how I play Fortnite? I hide in the bush. You, yeah, you I'm hide in the bush. I'm not going out after the Predator. And they reward you now for that, too, because there's a thing in the game that you can hide in the bush and heal at the same time. And just <laughs> by standing go. in the bush. Stand in the bush and heal. Amen. Yeah. Who needs so, to go to war? You can hide I, in the bush. I, but, you, but you don't think that the storyline in, in Prey rang emotionally to you? I thought her journey to prove herself was so moving. It didn't because to me – and again, I've never been in that kind of culture. But the idea of proving yourself by showing your brute strength or brutality, you know, I, I don't relate. And I understand she outsmarted. She was smarter than everyone. She had the same strength. Nobody believed that. But she was better than all the men in her in her tribe and was able to outlast the, uh, the Predator because she was smarter. I get that. But to me, that's every action film. It's, let's see, who's going to survive the longest? It's not the toughest. It's the toughest who's also the smartest, who can outthink the beast, who can think like the beast, really. Fair enough. I and I thought I, I, I like that to, to her Arnold. mother Arnold was, was looking down on her. Yeah, I, I I see. I think you're kind of simplifying it too much. I okay. like the storyline of her mother looking down on her, wanting to prove herself, not just to be a hunter and gatherer, but she wanted to be, you know, a a, a you know an actual you know contributing member by hunting. Right. She things. wanted to be a hunter, not just a medicine maker right. gathering herbs right. for medicine yeah or gathering herbs or food or whatever yeah 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 no so, I, I hear you that's, and it that's was 10. it was uh, it was an enjoyable film again i will not say that i didn't enjoy that film i will say there were two films on your list i did not enjoy and those right. were nope and right. the northman and i would not say that about prey just like i would not say that about avatar or or top gun and I have, um, yeah, and that's ahead. fair enough. And I have another thing I want to shout out here at the yeah, NRB. So yeah. we've talked about our. T- are we fair enough to to end this? We're, we're, well, we I both mean, got our just, ten lists, top ten lists, right? Yeah, j- uh, just a few. Well, I have mentions. one more category. I have one oh, more okay, category yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to talk about. But yeah. um, we're done with our. We both said our top tens, right? We you both said, said our 10. top ten. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So. I did want to shout out here at the end, and then I'm, I'll hand it back over to you so you can shout out a couple more. My saddest movie of the year by a long shot, long, long, long shot is All Quiet on the Western Front. And it's a movie that would be on my top ten list, but um, it's a beautiful film. I just – I put movies on my top ten that I enjoyed. I was so sad after watching All Quiet on the Western Front. I was just like kind of in a depressed state. So that's not top ten quality to me. But uh, okay. it's, it was a beautiful film though. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out one more there. My, my top – since, since most of my honorable mentions were on your list, I'm just going to throw out my guilty pleasure film of the year uh, and a film that I think – Surpass my expectations to even make it into a into a uh, fighting for a top ten spot, and that would be Violent Night. 
um, David Harbour playing Violent Santa. And I think as a kid growing up watching South Park and Futurama and American Dad where Santa's kind of a military badass, to see that in person, live action, and nobody could have done it better than David Harbour as Santa, uh, was was awesome. There were definitely some flaws with this film, which is why I can't give it a ten. I put it on the top ten. But this was this was a fun one, and this was another one. John Leguizamo was our villain, and he was awesome as the villain. Oh, okay, um, okay. So yeah, so I just you know I also have on my honorable mention list you know Black Adam, which we discussed this year, Multiverse right. of, of Mayhem, which we said could have been a lot higher if it Multiverse came out before of everything. Multiverse of Madness. I apologize if it came God, out. RB. If it came out before everything, everywhere, all at once, but because it didn't, it was the le- the inferior multiverse film. Black Panther, of course, we both loved this year. Just missed my list. Um, Pinocchio, really emotional. Pinocchio was was wonderful. Another you know, one. We, yes, you talked about it on your honorable mentions. Um, of course, we're discussing Del Toro, Pinocchio, not Zemeckis, Del Toro. Uh, Pinocchio. Right. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm sure there were other great films as well this year. There are plenty that we enjoyed that didn't make the list, um, but there were still great movies that we really liked. Yeah, and I think the fact that I don't have any um, really big MCU films besides Wakanda Forever on my list is concerning. And I think that the best film wasn't even a film that they came out with this year, and that was Werewolf by Night. Werewolf that was different night, than anything. Yeah, I, I wasn't so. a fan, but, um, there, you know, MCU has, has gone all in on the, on the TV shows, and there were some amazing, amazing MCU TV shows this year. Moon Knight was incredible. I mean, we've, we've discussed that time and time again, right. how great Moon Knight was, just like with Star Wars, you know, going in on the streaming service, and both Kenobi and uh, Andor this year were great. Uh, so, I mean, there was some great TV shows as well, and we may be able to veer off and do do one of those episodes, top ten TV shows, or maybe top five. I don't, I don't know if they want to hear yeah. us drone on for another hour next week about top ten, but maybe <laughs> top five. Yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. Um, as last far thing I have, as I, oh, please, well, please yeah, go. Yes, last thing. You know, there's there's been some amazing trailers for films coming out this year in 2023. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, what film in 2023? Uh, yeah, that, I was going to uh, say something along the same lines here. Um, there's a lot of big blockbusters that are coming out this year that I'm very excited for. Um, but if I had to pick one, my most anticipated of 2023, mm-hmm. whew, that's tough. Gut reaction. I mean, I'm not looking at a list of all the ones coming out, but just my gut reaction, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. I am beyond excited to see the next epic from Tom Cruise. So, yeah, that's mine. Okay. What, what's, what is it for you? You know, there there's there are obviously Guardians and Quantumania I'm very stoked for. But the number one Guardians film I'm, for me. Yeah. The number one film I'm looking forward to uh, this upcoming year is, and I think this will make you proud, uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah, Christopher uh, Nolan coming out with another yeah, the one. Ne- the next Christopher Nolan film and about about the uh, the creation of or the harnessing of nuclear energy and the creation of nuclear bomb. Um, something that's always interested me. Uh, there's a great film called Fat Man and the Little Boy out there that's about that. Uh, I, I think more a historical piece than a dramatization that Oppenheimer is going to be. But I love that subject. It's extremely interesting and in a very scary part of time for this country. And leading to an even scarier part with with the Cold War and the fear of, of nuclear crisis and what harnessing that energy meant. Uh, so I'm I'm really excited for that. I think that could be up there at my number one of 2023. So write it down right now. Is I have a, be I have a couple more. You want yeah, me to throw a couple more your yeah, way? Yeah, please do. Um, one I'm not sure if we've ever talked about Timothy Chalamet playing a young Willy Wonka. Yes, I did see that. In in a uh, a musical version, correct? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it'll it'll be very interesting to see that. I'm excited for that one. Um, there's a couple other ones that I think I'm probably going to forget, but yeah, Mission Impossible is up there. Uh, I mean, that there, one there's as some well. some, um, and some then, uh, oh, nostalgia yeah. like Indiana Jones. Isn't that coming out next year? 
I mean, yeah, of course, in New Indiana Jones. That's a big yeah. one. Yep. Um, one I was going to say, though, RB, that is coming up immediately that I'm hoping you'll say yes that you will review is, of course, the next film from M. Night Shyamalan, A Knock at the Cabin Door. A Knock been, at the Cabin, I've yes. seen a bunch of trailers for it. Yeah. So I'm very excited for this one. Dave Bautista's in it. Um, Ron yep. Weasley himself is in it. Um, yes, very excited to see this. After old, we both walked away from old liking it. Yeah, very much so. Did you um, – have you seen your first movie of, of 2023 yet? No. What What's the first movie? Okay. Yeah, so I, I did I, – last night I went and saw I Want to Dance with Somebody, uh, the Whitney Houston film. And I, oh. I loved it. So we're off to a good start here in 2023. A very enjoyable film. Awesome. Keeping the roll, yep. keep it going, huh? Keeping the streak yep. going. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that's about it. We've talked about everything. Um, there's, like we said, we've seen a bunch of movies this year that we uh, liked and didn't like. And these were the ones that we saw. So um, we missed a few that we'll hopefully we'll go back and see in later years. And look back and say, oh, yeah, that was another good one from 2022. So there's many more to see from this year that we just haven't seen yet. Um, So with that said, RB, do you want to take us out? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode and another year of Top of the List. We're coming into our – wow, is this our fourth – third or fourth year? Uh, I think it's our third. I think we're wrapping up our third year. All the time blurs together with covid um, but we started right around when COVID started. So 2020, we started. So yeah, this would be 2023, uh, going into year three now. Um, it's been an awesome ride, and we're going to keep it rolling for you with film and television reviews and sneaking a few of the other things there. We've done food. We've done sports. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the fun times rolling. And of course, if you have any ideas for us, feel free to reach out to us on our Twitters. They're in the description below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. Go also follow us on Letterboxd. See what we're watching. See what we're rating. Rate for yourself. See how you compare. Um, we have a good time with it. So definitely we uh, we love when you all reach out. So please let us know what you want us to review. Anything you want us to dabble in here in 2023. Absolutely. So uh, another thing we'll shout out here is Letterboxd. Go on there. You didn't say Letterboxd yet, right, Arby? Yes, I did. Oh, you did? Okay, right on. So we already did Letterboxd and the Twitter, and we're all ready to go. So we'll see you guys for some more reviews. Probably M. Night Shyamalan um, movie is coming up right next, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure that's next week, but we'll probably do – maybe we'll do the TV show uh, while while we wait for that to come out. I know the next big movie that's coming out is Megan. I'm definitely not going to see that. I don't want to see that. Yeah, honestly, uh, I I just rewatched all like the Twilight Zones during – New Year's and it's just like an updated <laughs> Talking Tina, which is the episode that just like terrifies me the most. Oh, yes. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So, okay. So I think that next week we'll probably be talking TV shows and then yep. maybe M. Night Shyamalan in the near future. So stay yes. tuned for that and we'll see you guys on the next episode of Top of the List. Later, everybody.